episode 248, Billy and Hale. This is the Ericast for the week of November 23, 2014. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. You know, I'm feeling a little convicted this morning. Um, yes, I'm admitting this is being recorded in the morning. That's step number one. You never do that in like a, an asynchronous, time-shifted podcast because you may be listening to this in the evening. But for me, it's morning. Uh, it's actually 6.12 a.m. because I couldn't sleep. Um, and even though this is for the week of the, the 23rd, which is, you know, we, we date these on Sundays, um, it is Thanksgiving morning. And I'm just, I'm so eager and enthused for Santa to come down the chimney. I'm waiting for presents and things that um, I just couldn't sleep. So here I am. No, actually, I'm, the, the cold that I mentioned, not the, the cold snap and the cold weather, but the, the head cold that I was fighting, um, I'm better now. I'm getting better. Man, just kind of links. So if you listen over the past nearly 10 years of Ericast archives, what you're going to come to the conclusion of is I'm not a very healthy person. <laughs> I, I, I think I am. I really, I, I, either that or Minnesota is not a very healthy state. Um, but there, you know, the weather turns cold. We're always just kind of fighting some sort of low grade head or chest cold. Um, and who is the we? Well, the we is me or I, Eric Larson, uh, 206-339-3742, the listener feedback line if you want to comment on the Aircast, but I'm feeling a little bit convicted, um, having listened to some other podcasts that talk about um, how obnoxious, obnoxious it is when podcasters do the the whole, you're listening to the such and such with so and so, and then there's like intro music that says, this is the such and such with so and so, now here's your host, so and so, and then the host comes back and says, I'm so and so, and this is the such and such podcast, um, I do that. <laughs> the Aircast the kind of epitomizes that, um, what is now a bad podcast model. Um, over the years, it was at one time a good podcast model. You wanted to reinforce what the podcast was. You wanted to have some audio branding. Um, but I don't know. According to one person who I've, I've already forgotten, somewhere in the archives, someplace, uh, it's, a, it's a bad way to go. But um, it, may, it may have even been Hal Elrod, but I don't think so. It doesn't sound like a Hal-type thing to say. Now, you might be thinking, who is Hal? And who is Billy? And what was this episode? Um, let me let me get to that. Um, since the last episode, which was talking about preservation, uh, lots of interesting things going on, including uh, a weird local preservation story um, here in the Twin Cities metropolitan area. Um, and I was going to talk about that, but it, it was changing from day to day to day. And I kept waiting for you know some conclusion of the story, like, well, okay, this this happened or this offer was accepted or whatever. So there was never a good point to interject and say, let's do a podcast on it. And as you know, if you've been listening for more than an episode or two, the Aircast is what we, the majestic we here, call a personal podcast, meaning that you either know me Hi, I'm Eric. And you want to know more about what's going on in my life, etc. Or you came for a particular topic and may be sorely disappointed that the, that the theme doesn't continue. So if you've been listening for the past couple of weeks thinking, oh, this is a podcast on, on architectural preservation. Well, yes, if that strikes my fancy, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's some random stuff. Usually, um, some sort of like leadership philosophy, uh, some theology thrown in. Um, I, I try not to say too much that will get me in trouble, um, which is why there will be no comments on, um, the Ferguson or any of the 
the um, events there of late, uh, because no matter what I say, I will alienate at least 50% of my audience. And um, despite having a very, very diverse audience, I could probably manage to say something that would defend 100% of my audience, no matter what your perspective is from, from all various sides. So we're not going to get that controversial. Instead, I'm doing something a bit unusual. Um, unusual in general and rare in the history of the Aircast. I'm going to just include a podcast episode from someone else. Got permission from Billy Murphy to do this. Billy Murphy uh, does a podcast called Forever Jobless. Now, forever jobless does not mean forever unemployed. <laughs> forever jobless is is getting out of that, you know, day-to-day job rut, kind of an entrepreneurial type podcast. And he had an interview. Now, one of the things I love about Billy's um, podcast, so I would highly recommend going uh, to foreverjobless.com. Um, you'll hear all this stuff in the in the. I really shouldn't be redundant here because you'll, you'll hear it in a moment. Um, they're short. It's typically, like really short. This is one of the, like the longer episodes. Um, usually, it's like a like a three minute little insight or something. Um, and you you have room for that in your day. And since you're listening to this podcast, I know that you're the type that listens to podcasts. Good for you. So you can add the Billy Murphy Forever Jobless podcast into your mix. Um, sort of like the Aircast, except better and shorter um, and better. And it has a theme. So right there, it's better. But the great thing is it's shorter. So you can just toss it right into your feed. Okay. So I was, I was sort of surprised to hear that he had an interview with Hal Elrod. Now, the other interesting thing, since Billy keeps his podcast shorter, is he's broken the interview up into, to many, many segments. Uh, and what we're going to include today is the first one. It's his episode 182, which introduces Hal Elrod, which, um, I tweeted at, at both of them and said, this is the best introduction of of Hal Elrod I've heard, so can I just include it in the podcast so that I can introduce my listeners to to Hal um, by way of Billy? Um, and they both said, sure, go for it. So thank you, guys. Um, I don't know how I encountered Hal Elrod and his podcast. Maybe um, through that whole podcast answer man world of new podcasts coming up, but I'm, I just, I'm not sure. Um, but between, um, Hal Elrod and, um, Jeff Sanders, who's, who's, who has the 5am miracle. Um, they both have a, they both have a, a worldview that cuts right to the core of my pet question reflected back at myself of how do you encourage intrinsic motivation in someone, in this case, yours truly, to more deeply engage in a voluntary voluntary community or activity that they already profess to value. I think the idea of getting up early in the morning and having a good morning routine and doing useful stuff, I love it. I would be the first person to say, that sounds great. What a stellar idea. Do I actually do it? That's a very different question. Let's not go there. So um, the fact that it's 6 in the morning and I'm recording a podcast is, is unique in my world. I could be much more regular in the podcast schedule if I, if, if I could sort of get into that routine. But um, 
Yeah, do as I say, not as I do. But not even as I say, do as Hal Elrod says. So with that, I am going to um, go immediately to the full episode, intro, outro, whatever. Um, so this, unless you already subscribe to Billy Murphy's podcast, um, if you do, this is this is going to be a little strange and redundant. But otherwise. Keep listening to the Ericast here because what you're actually listening to is someone else's podcast. Um, I'll come back at the end for a couple closing remarks. Uh, but take a listen to, uh, to Billy and Hale. Here you go. The Forever Jobless Podcast, episode 182. This is one of several episodes I did with Hal Elrod. The initial episode in the series will be episode 182, where you'll hear about his background. Before we start the episode, if you're one of the people who was interested in the Millionaire's Math Course or being part of a mastermind or coaching group, make sure you go to foreverjobless.com slash survey so that if it's a good fit, I can make sure to include you. Now, on to today's episode. Okay, today I've got my buddy Hal Elrod on. Hal, what's going on, man? Uh, Billy, man, I'm, thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. Definitely. Thanks for coming on. Um, to give people a little background, I met Hal. I actually heard about Hal from my buddy MJ DeMarco uh, probably a couple months back. And, you know, he was talking about The Miracle Morning, Hal's book. And I had a chance to hang out with Hal a little bit uh, up in Toronto at my buddy Jason's conference. And, you know, I think Hal's got a super interesting story. We're going to dive into it. Um, and maybe it makes sense for Hal uh, if you want to introduce yourself and kind of tell a little quick background before we dive in and just let people know kind of a quick uh, you know background on your story. You have a really interesting story and kind of how you know that led you to where you are right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and, and I, I, as much as I have to talk about myself, it's not my favorite thing to do. But um, as a speaker, you know, you kind of got to go there. Um, so yeah, for me, when I was 15 years old, I got a job on the radio and I actually had my own radio show as a sophomore in high school. The nickname my mom gave me, which the manager of the station liked it, it stuck. It was Yo Pal Hal, like your pal Hal, but mom made it cool. Yo Pal Hal, uh, on 90, actually it was AM 1090, dude. I was on an AM station. So really funny. Um, by the way, it was a, it was an old, like classic country station and I played strictly hip hop. So granted, I did not get asked back the following year. <laughs> So that was my one year in radio. Um, and then I, at 19, I, I started on the radio again. I got a job at a major station, and that was kind of the dream. And uh, at 19, I found a, a, a gig um, selling Cutco cutlery. One of my uh, my high school, or I'm sorry, my college buddies, Teddy, sold Cutco. And he kept, he'd always, you know, say, oh, man, I can get you a job selling Cutco. You'd be great. And I was like, I'm not a salesperson, you know. It's like the last thing I would ever do. And uh, one thing led to another, and I decided to give it a shot. And 10 days into the into the career of, of sales, um, I had broken this 49-year-old company record where I sold more in my first 10 days than like I think over, I don't know, 500,000 sales reps that came before me. Um, and it might have been 200,000. I'm not sure on the exact number. But it basically was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe I'm not meant to be a radio DJ, especially because I was making 10 bucks an hour as a DJ, right? And now I was making like, I don't know, average out to like two or $300 an hour selling in sales. So my, my life took a turn there, decided I wanted to be the best salesperson, continued to kind of break some records. And a year and a half later, uh, I was driving home after I gave a speech at a sales conference. Uh, a drunk driver in a full-size Chevy truck got on the freeway going the wrong way. And I don't remember the headlights coming at me. I don't remember, you know, what I was thinking or why. I just – I don't remember that night really. 
and the drunk driver hit me head on at 70 miles an hour, and I was in a little Chevy, or I'm sorry, a little Ford Mustang. So the Chevy full-size truck hits my Ford Mustang, both of us traveling at 70 miles an hour on the freeway, and the worst was yet to come. My car spun off the drunk driver, and the car behind me crashed into my driver's side door at 70 miles an hour, and instantly, if you can imagine, you're driving, and just imagine a car running into your door at 70 miles an hour. It crushed my car almost in half. It, my pelvis smashed between the center console. It broke in three places. My femur and my leg broke in half. I broke my arm in two pieces, broke, crushed my elbow, severed the nerve in my arm, broke all the bones around my eye, lost my ear almost completely. I mean, it was, it was, a, you know, pretty bad. And I actually bled to death. And when the paramedics pulled me out of the car, the fire department cut the roof off and they yanked me out. I bled to death and I actually was clinically dead for approximately six minutes and in a coma then for six days. And when I came out of the coma, it was facing this unimaginable reality. If you can imagine waking up at age 20, right? And you're like, you're in a hospital bed and I'm, I'm, I'm scared and I'm, I'm confused. And the doctors tell me that I may never walk again and I, I had permanent brain damage. And so at that point in my life, that was really the, you know, the, the greatest challenge that I had ever faced and, and kind of the, uh, you know, the, the, my first rock bottom, if you will. Now, where do you go from there? I mean, I can't imagine being in that situation. I know a lot of people, you know, complain about their situations and think they have it bad. And, um, you know, hearing a story like that, obviously, you know, none of us have had it anywhere near that bad. I mean, you know, where do you go from there? And, uh, you know, what was the road to recovery like? So the first place that I went was mentally to a good place, right? And that's where it starts. You know, I mean, the old, you know, cliche adages of it all starts with attitude and on and on. And I mean, it's so true. But here's what happened. And this is really kind of the interesting component here in terms of how I responded. Um, the doctors actually called my parents in. Now, this is so I was in a, in a coma for six days. I had been out of the coma for just a few days, uh, maybe a week at the most. And um, I had already got, undergone all these surgeries. I've got a 14-inch titanium rod in my leg. I still have it to this day. I've got screws in my elbow. I've got a rod in my arm. I've got three metal plates that, you know, rebuilt my eye socket. And um, so I'm sitting there in my hospital bed, and my parents were called in by the doctors. And the doctors sat them down, and they said, we're very concerned with Hal. Um, we, you know, he's, he seems to be physically, you know, he's healing okay, and, we're, you know, that's, that's going well. But we believe he's in denial. Um, every time we're around Hal, he's always smiling and, and laughing and, and telling jokes and making us laugh. And they said, that's not normal. You know, not, not for a 20-year-old young man who has been told he may never walk again and has, you know, his body is scarred and, he, you know, damn, I mean, just, you know, that, that's not normal. What's normal is that he's sad, angry, depressed, you know, and, and we believe that he is so unable to accept what's happened to him that he's in a state of denial he's in really in a state of delusion where he's just delusional so we want you to talk to him and find out how he's really feeling because he needs to face the the emotional pain of what he's gone through so that the healing process can begin so my dad comes in that night and i i didn't know this conversation had happened but uh, my dad sits down he goes hal hey the doctors are a little concerned. Um, you know, I want to talk about how you're feeling. How are you really feeling? I know when your friends are here and visitors are here, you're laughing and you're joking. But when the lights go out at night and you're thinking about what happened to you and, and what the future may hold or may not hold, what what it, what is that like for you? Are you sad? Are you angry? Are you depressed? You know, he was echoing the the, the, the comments of the doctor. 
and I, I could tell my dad was like, his eyes were welling up. I mean, he was, this was really hard. I mean, he was holding back tears. I mean, obviously this whole experience for my parents, I think was worse than it was for me having to go through this, but I could tell he was really, really serious and really concerned. And I really thought about his questions. Am I sad? Am I angry? Am I depressed? And I looked at my dad and I said, dad, I thought you knew me better than that. You know, and he kind of gave me an awkward kind of a response or a look. And I said, dad, I live my life by the five minute rule. I learned this in my Cutco sales training, which says it's okay to be negative when things don't go your way, but not for more than five minutes. And I, for the last year and a half, I literally conditioned myself when I would have a no sale or I would have somebody be rude on an appointment or, or, you know, cancel an order or I'd have a bad week or whatever. I'd literally set my timer for five minutes and I would bitch, moan and complain for five minutes. And then at, when the time went off, I'm like, ugh, can't change it. And those were my three magic words, can't change it. And those words reminded me that if I can't change something, which, by the way, Billy, that incorporates everything that's ever happened to us. We can't go back in the past and change it, right? Sure. If I can't change it, my only intelligent choice if I want to live a successful, happy life is to fully accept it unconditionally, stop putting inner, any energy into wishing it were different. And obviously, it was a lesson I learned for a much, you know, much, much more – mild adversity, you know, no sales and canceled orders and rude customers than, than what I was dealing with at this point. But the, the lesson, the principle, it was universal. I realized I can't change that I was in a car accident. I can't change that my bones are broken. I can't. And, and if I, if I can never walk again, what if I, if that's the reality I face with, the only thing I can do is accept everything as it is and work towards making it the way that I want it to be. You know, it's kind of the whole expect the best, but accept the rest. And I told my parents, I said, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I said, I'm, I'm happy. I'm grateful because that's my choice. I can't change the accident, but I can choose everything I focus on. I'm focusing on number one, all that I have to be grateful for. And number two, I'm focusing on walking again. I'm visualizing it every day. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to do everything in my power to walk again. And if the doctors are right, I've already decided I'll be the happiest person you've ever seen in a wheelchair, but not until I'm proven that I cannot walk and call it the power of positive thinking. But one week later, the doctors came back with x-rays and they said, how we don't know how to explain this, but your body is healing incredible at this incredible rate. And we're going to let you take your first step in therapy tomorrow. So it went from never walking again to a week later, I took my first step and you know, a month after that, I went home and I got back to work against doctor's orders and, you know, was back to, to selling. Is there anything at this point that when you look back at that, that experience, is there anything that you think you took away from, you know, basically being on the edge of death? I mean, basically, you know, being clinically dead and, you know, people talk about, um, you know, you don't really know what you have until, you know, you, you have a chance of losing everything. And you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, when you're, you know, on the, on the brink of death that you, you think about things that, you know, obviously other people will never get a chance to, you know, think about. Um, is there anything when you look back that you have an experience that pretty much no one else has? Um, is there anything that changed your mindset from basically almost losing everything, losing your life? Um, is there anything that sticks with you that nobody else um, has the experience of, of taking away something like that? Yeah, and the way that there's kind of there's two ways I can approach this, and I'll answer. I'll give you both answers. And the first answer is 
you know, the old adage, everything happens for a reason, right? We, you know, everybody, we, we, we always hear that when we don't want to hear, like you're going through like the worst day and some well-meaning, you know, friend or family member puts their hand on your shoulder and they're like, Hey, you know, Billy, I know you can't see it now, buddy, but everything happens for a reason, right? And you're like, shut up. You know, it's like the last thing you want to hear. So here's my, what I walked away from the accident was this, that everything does happen for a reason, but not the way that probably 90% of people think. Most people think that like they're supposed to figure out what that reason is, like it's predetermined, like it's, 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 it's part of fate or whatever you want to call it. I believe that everything happens for a reason, but it's our responsibility to choose the reasons. And, and we can choose reasons that either discourage us and disempower us like bad things always happen to me or it's not fair i don't deserve this right that there's no value and yeah great none of us deserve i mean who's to say what we deserve right so i chose i'm like you know what everything happens for a reason but it's my responsibility to choose the reason and i thought and here's what i came up with in the hospital i thought it's my responsibility to overcome this adversity in the most positive proactive way that i possibly can so that i can understand how to empower other people to do the same. And I told my dad, I said, you know, when my, I think it was the same conversation when he asked me about the doctor, I said, dad, you know, I always want to be a motivational speaker, but I, I didn't really, I, don't, I never had any adversity in my life. Like you and mom were, you know, like so good to me. And I really never had to overcome anything. Well, I would have never asked for this to be the thing, right? Like never in a million years, but maybe that's why. And so I'm going to pursue that. I'm going to choose that. The doctor said, when my parents went back and explained my mindset, they said, he should write a book. So that seed was planted. So again, I believe, and you can universally apply this, everything that we go through is an opportunity for us to learn, grow, and become better than we've ever been before. And that serves not only us, but it serves every person whose life we ever touch. Remember to go to foreverjobless.com slash survey and tell me what you're trying to accomplish. I'll personally read every one. Thanks again for listening to the Forever Jobless Podcast. Well, and again, my thanks to Billy Murphy um, and Elrod, uh, Billy for letting me include that here in the uh, in the Ericast feed because now I don't have to hunt down a way to interview Hal because Billy did um, a better job of interviewing Hal than I would um, and no need to, to slice up Hal's time to say, hey, could you repeat everything you said but you know just say it to me? It's like, no, no, we'll, we'll take this here. Um, that attitude of can't change it and attitude in the fully loaded sense of the word of like, you know, Choosing the the direction that you're pointing yourself, and the, that in, that intentional focus on um, that is um, you know, that's how I'm going to live. That's how I'm going to choose to step into the future with whatever situation I have. Um, easier said than done, I know. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Um, but wow! So that's from from when I first heard Hal say that in um, some podcast someplace. Uh, that's been one I've been trying to intentionally keep in my mind because I really do think if you can bring yourself back to that, that's that. Um, I I think there's I think there's some power in that. So uh, listen to that a few times um, and then go out and um, and pull down the rest of the interview. Um, because it there's there's a lot there's a lot to it. Um, so head over to Forever Jobless um, 
to check that out. And if you have any comments for me, if you got comments for Billy and Hal and stuff, you know, um, honor them and put them in the, uh, in, in, um, their podcasts and their, um, their feedback and stuff. But if you have comments for me, I would love to hear them. And we still have the uh, listener feedback line, 206-339-3742. Spells out 206-339-ERIC, E-R-I-C. Very convenient, uh, easy to remember, except for all those numbers in the front. But you can do it, 206-339-ERIC. Leave a message there. We'll, we'll bring it bring it to the podcast. In fact, timing-wise, uh, if my math is right, I guess uh, next week's episode is going to be the last one of the month. And we had, kind of had the Aircast tradition of reserving the last episode of the month for listener feedback. So uh, it would be great if you gave me some feedback. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I'd like to say I'm, I'm working through all your feedback. I don't know if I've got time or not. But the reality is that um, I really don't get that many calls. So we are call-free this month. Um, lots of positive comments and things in, in the rest of my social media world. Um, so thanks thanks to everyone for for uh, the encouragement the feedback. Uh, but if you want to give a call, it makes it easier on the podcast because then I actually have something to play in the podcast and the community grows. So, um, So – Thanks for listening. Give a call if uh, you have any questions or thoughts. Um, thanks again to Billy and Hale. Let me know what you think of, of their perspective on, 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 on the world. And uh, until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.